grab your party food, sit back and enjoy this final slice of gold dust for 2023. You are listening to The Bill Podcast with me, Natalie Rolls, brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com shop.saturdaymorningpress.co.uk and cityfiction.co.uk Hello, you lovely Bill fans. It's time to see out 2023 with the finale of my podcast trilogy with the wonderful Jane Ball. New Year's Eve is perhaps the perfect time to release this interview as Jane recalls the fireworks that were going off behind the scenes in 2002 with the arrival of new executive producer Paul Marquez. Jane had never seen her explosive exit from the bill until Oliver sent her a highlights reel of her time as Di Worrell ahead of this interview. And so we hear Jane's thoughts on this for the very first time. New Year's Eve is the perfect time for reflection and to look ahead at new beginnings. And Jane's new life in LA has brought her some exciting acting work including playing the lead in the film, Are We Lost?, which you'll be hearing all about later in this interview. Trudy, the dame. How is that working with Trudy? Because I didn't get much with Trudy. So obviously she was your uniform mama. Trudy was the mama. She just was very loving, caring, another very grounded person who had obviously had years of fame and recognition and knew who she was, you know, was very comfortable in herself. And I think when you're working around people like that, you are taking from them, you know, you're learning from them, you're, they're your role models. And Trudy just is up there. She totally lives up, up to that. She was such a lovely person very grounded, very inclusive, very kind, um, and a really good actress. Really good actress. Really good. Really, really good. Just just nailed it all the time. When you see her scenes, you're just like, so natural, so understated, but very present. Really good actress, really wonderful person. She's someone I thought I would have stayed in touch with. You know, I was telling you earlier that, you know, you fall in love with people. I thought I'd to keep in touch with Trudy. I thought I'd definitely keep in touch with Lisa because I shared a dressing room with her. I was about to say, who did you share the dressing room with? Lisa Gagan and then Holly Davidson later on. But Holly and I were kind of crossing as well because I was on my way out and she was on her way in. Was there a little nudge at the door? <laughs> when I was watching that episode, I was like, what the hell was that about? What was going How on? did that storyline just go from it was like Di Warhol suddenly attack? I mean, it was ah. 
It was so weird. It was so um, like that is so out of character. That and was funny. I laughed. I was just like, oh, I didn't see this. And that was the beauty of like watching this stuff before seeing you today. I'm like, I didn't see any of this. I never saw your stuff. It was brilliant. How many episodes were you in? Do you know? I think it was over 100. 115. 115. Wow. Wow. I mean, we were making every two weeks, we're making four hours of TV or maybe four hours. I mean, that's like making two movies every two weeks. I mean, people put in some shifts, especially the crew. I mean, we were working long hours, but the crew were working hours either side of when we turned up on set. Absolutely. They probably never saw their families. <laughs> For 20 odd years. No, it's true. What was it like wearing uniform? The uniform was... Like, it was always a little bit too big for me, the jacket. <laughs> I always felt like a bit immersed, a bit claustrophobic. Well, you had yeah. the bulletproof thing on the top as well. That was really sort of on your chakras, <laughs> darling. <laughs> on your chakras. <laughs> Heavy on the chakras. Like, the slaps were nice. They were very warm and comforting. And because I was always cold, it had really good material. And the shirts were always, I mean, to be honest, it's the costume department did such a good job of starching them and keeping them always really clean. You always had a lovely clean shirt. And I liked the hat. I kind of liked, it always yeah. just the hat on. It felt, there was a rigidity in the costume that. Solid. Felt, yeah, it was solid. Kind of constraining in a good way. You're remembering loads. Oh, am I? It's, yeah, you I, are. I'm glad I had some time to to think about it and to to listen to some of the other people. It's so wonderful to have all those memories kind of peaked again. You know, it's a long time ago, but it was a very um, important part of my life and very informative and seminal moments at the Bill. Oh, do you remember working with Alex Wilkinshaw and Eric Richards on Appropriate Action? Yeah, I remember. Eric was always, I always found him a bit intimidating, even though he wasn't. He was so lovely, Eric was. I think because he'd been on the show so long, and when you've watched the show before you join it, he's obviously one of the characters that you've seen on your screen for years and years and years. Yeah. He's always a little bit in awe of Eric. He carries himself with a bit of awe as well, which is rightly so. But he was really friendly, Eric, and really, really lovely. And Alex was such a good dancer. He could do the Running Man and the Roger Rabbit. Nah. <laughs> if you don't know the moves, you need to look them up. He's a really good dancer and he was really funny. Very charming, Alex. Well, who was the love interest? Who was the sort of... Re- Did they have you flirting with anyone? Nah, None nah. of that. I had nothing. I had nothing going hey. on. Nothing. And no snogs, no kisses, no flirtations. Well, maybe a few flirtations, but nothing... Serious. I'm shocked that I didn't have any kissing. Do you have to kiss? Oh, babe, I was kissing all over the place, wasn't I? How Was it three years you were in the show? I did three years. My contract was for three years. Was it your decision to leave the bill? Naps, it was not my decision to leave the bill. I really was sad to leave the bill. I wanted to do another year. I was gutted, honestly. 
I had a feeling that because I wasn't being used towards the last year, I wasn't really being used that much. I was doing a lot of little bits in lots of different units. I wasn't getting the main storylines. So I kind of felt like that my tenure was coming to an end. You know, it was still a shock and I still wanted to be in it. And, you know, I remember the night where the rumors on set, one of the secretaries of the producers knew that Paul Mark Beans, who was the new producer, was coming in to, to mess shit up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she had let the word out and she knew that a lot of actors were going to lose their jobs. I remember the night, I remember us all on set and I remember deciding that we were all going to go for a drink. Did you come with us that night? Or probably not. I can't and, remember. You know, it was tense. It was, we all were told that the next day by nine o'clock, you would have had a phone call. And if you get that phone call, that was it. You were, your character was gone. And so there was this, you know, palpable tension and we all went out for a drink. I remember it was a really horrible rainy night and we managed to find this bar in Tooting and for some reason it was really cold in the bar and the rain was coming through and there's this Hawaiian oh at the bar lab. It was, it was just a disaster. It wasn't cosy. It kind of oh. upped the angst as opposed to kind of dispersing it. It was like we were getting, there was more and more tension. And, you know, and everyone was talking about it. I remember lovely Ben, I think he'd just put a deposit on a on a flat or something. And I know that I was in the same process of looking and I really had saved, you know, saved my money really diligently and I really wanted to buy somewhere. And I was like, oh, God, if I can get another year out of the bill, that'd be amazing. But I also knew that my contract was was coming to an end. So then we were sitting in this this bar with it had kind of like this pink Hawaiian theme and it was really tacky and it was all <laughs> just really a bit sad. And I remember going on to another bar with my boyfriend at the time, Danny, and we sat in this bar and we drank and I was kind of feeling a bit bit low thinking, yeah, it's tomorrow I'm going to get that call. And I remember sitting at the bar. And do you remember in, in bars in the 90s, they used to have these um, postcards? It was like a, a freebie. They'd have different postcards and you could just take them. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I think they still have them, don't they? Still have them in bars. I, they should. <laughs> they should. That was all the rage of the 90s. And I remember sitting at the bar and I've still got the postcards in a box at my mum's. I've got two of them. And it was this postcard of these big buildings and a plane. And I remember thinking, well, oh, that's a really weird graphic. It looks like the plane is going into that building. And I think it was for an airline. It was for like um, Hong Kong or something. Stop. I, actually, I still have these postcards from that night. So I took those. We ended up drinking until in the morning and then, you know, stumbled home. And then, of course, the next morning, nine o'clock, the phone's ringing. Jane, you know, come into Deer Park Lane. So I go, I know I'm gutted. I felt awful. And, you know, you're trying to call other people saying, did they get called? I knew that I could call Ben and I knew Ben. When I was coming, going in, Ben was coming out and we kind of, you know, looked at each other, you know, just knowing. And I remember Paul Mar Marquis at the time and he was like a, a villain in a, in a panto. I think he really was relishing his role. I mean, he might not have been, he might have been shitting himself. And he might be this lovely, lovely person. But I remember at the time, 
thinking, he's loving this. He's loving killing us all off. He didn't sit down. I think I went in and I sat down and he said, you know, you know why you're here? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And he said, yeah, we're going to be killing off the characters. He said, yeah, Diane's going to be one of them. And I said, well, what's going to happen? Is a plane going to fly into some hill? That's what I said, Nats. And he's like, no, no, I don't think we're going to do that. You know, we're going to have some a big event. And he didn't tell him what the big event was. But those are my words. I said, is a plane going to fly into some hill? So then, of course, you know, leave, leave the bill, go home, um, living with Danny in Tooting Bet, and we get a phone call, you know, turn on the TV. And that... Oh, I'm shivering. I'm shivering. It's 9-11. It was like all this foreshadowing from the night before. It was so, so weird. And then that day, as, as everyone knows, was collective trauma with everyone watching that plane going to World Trade Center time and time again, you know, we watched it all day. And my sacking at the bill just paled into insignificance. You know, it, it, it meant nothing after that, after that day. A strange 48 hours, it really was. <sighs> Surreal departure. Wow. No, Jane, I don't think I was there. I think I'd been out somewhere else. You didn't miss anything, Naz. It was a terrible night, it was shite. I never watched that last episode of where we all get deaded. You know, we all get cold. I never watched it because I, I don't know why. I suppose I was like superstitious or something, but I just, I just, I just didn't want to watch it. It's interesting. I don't think I did until I watched the other day. I've got another message for you. Let's liven things up. <laughs> right, Ben, Ben Payton. We did a secret Santa in 2000. I think she picked me, so much for secrets, and got me one of my first DVDs. Do you know what it was? 10 points, if you can remember. What? Um... You don't have to remember, I know what it is. She got me one of my first DVDs, Russell Crowe's Gladiator. No way. Very cool. I gave away all of my DVDs, but kept that one because it was from her. Oh! Send my love to Jane. Oh, send my love back. Oh, that's lovely. A lovely memory. Isn't that lovely? Oh! Oh, my he God. looked great. I saw him not so long ago at Sue's. Sue's did a one-woman show. I think I told you about it, and I saw Ben there, and I'd not seen him probably since that night. Wow. It was so long ago, and he's got two kids and all the rest, you know, Sarah Jane. and I know. How was life immediately after the bill? Is that when America was sort of on the radar? So, yeah, after the bill, it's so interesting. You do this amazing job, and when you go into a job like that, you know so little, and when you come out of a job like that, you know so much, and you feel... Like you should be way more employable. You think, you know, any other job you'd be like, oh, I'm really employable now because I know what I'm doing. I've got my shit down. I know this stuff. And it's almost like the opposite in, in acting or when you've been on a big show because you are associated with that show. And so I think casting directors don't want to see you because 
what you have been this character, which is a terrible dichotomy. It's, it's awful, really. I think I, in my last year at the Bill, even before I knew I was leaving, I hired these PR people called Aaron and Sean. And I mean, that was a, a real huge learning curve for me because I was looking around me and I was seeing these other characters leave and then you never see them on anything. And so in my mind, I wanted to give myself some profile. I mean, that's what I was thinking, but I don't think it necessarily helped. I think in a way it could have even backfired on me to some extent. I don't know, I was young and I was had these, these thoughts that I think were different from real life. I think I was a bit naive and when I left the bill, I did get a job in a lovely film called Cloud Cooking Land with Derek ja Jacoby, Sir Derek Jacoby. That was amazing to do that. But generally, there weren't many auditions, and I was also really thinking about getting to America and putting a lot of energy and thought into that. PR, the PR machine was sort of, it was at that peak, wasn't it, when people were sort of hiring people to take charge of their next steps. And there were a few people that did do it quite well. And you think, oh, because I, I remember I did do it. Not similar, but I was just like, I got bitten. And when you look back, you go, oh, I just cannot believe. Why did I listen to those people? Oh, I know. I think, I think in my head, I learned so much about myself, which I still use today. It was a harsh lesson. But I've learned that I shouldn't go against my instinct and that if something isn't me, don't try and force it. And I know that's, you know, some people are born with that, you know, they have that sense of self. And I think I was still learning my sense of self. And it was a really harsh lesson for me to, you know, be in these situations, which I thought, you know, it's my choosing. I was putting myself in these situations, but... I had that icky feeling inside and I think, I don't know, it's one of those things that I, I really honour now. You know, if I have an icky feeling about something and I tell my kids that as well, I really trust your in instincts. They're, they're important. They're your guidance. They're your star. And when you go against your instincts, it doesn't always work out right for you. <laughs> And I really learned that through my PR journey. It was painful and um, there was definitely some troughing. <laughs> troughing <laughs> and burning. <laughs> I, learned, I learned about myself. I learned life lessons, which are very important, you know? Absolutely. Your navigation, your inner navigation, just listen. Like you say, it's, it's, it's your wisdom. But when you're, in a sense, wanting something because you believe that, like you say, well, I'm leaving something, I'm completely armed, I am ready, what's the next step? And then people are jumping on their own bandwagon and saying, you can do this, you look great in this, and blah, 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 and whoa, it's like, hang on, I don't want that life, and you didn't want that life wasn't me like I know I don't, I don't have that thicker skin like I really don't I'm <laughs> I'm not that person but it was uh you know I had to learn that I went through it the hard way you know 
But that's all right, because you're talking about it and you... I mean, telling your children... I mean, that's the other thing. It's like Horatia will see stuff and it's like, what? Is that a picture of you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Don't always say yes. It's really good to say no. You know, mother hanging upside down on a pole, you know, saying she loves pole dancing. I mean, really, you know. So it's like, <laughs> we've all done it, Jane. We've all done it. Not, not all of us. Some people are sensible. Some people know that that's not going to work out for them. So they, they, they do say no. So the PR stuff in America, like, you know, the other side of it, because there's no sort of tabloid press in America, it's not the same, is it? It's not, it's a totally different machine. I mean, there, there probably is that element to it, but um, gosh, I'm so far away from that now. Thankfully. Uh, thankfully. <laughs> Praise the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> they do, you know, the PR and the, the tabloids are its own thing. And I learned so much, you know, on the other side, I did learn so much about press and, you know, weaving a narrative and also, you know, something very rudimentary, which is don't always believe everything you read in the press. Like I'm so much more savvy about the things I read and they're not all necessarily true and narratives are created, you know, because they serve certain people or they serve certain institutions. That was the good thing that I learned from it all. You know, I think when we all started acting, it was like, because you just wanted to get your next job. You just want to work. You just want to be an actor. That's all you want to do. I got take, I got steered off course because I, I thought that was the way. I thought that was the, the stepping stone that I needed to get my next job. Well, we saw other people around us. It worked for them. Yeah. So this is roles playing. Short, sharp, instinctive, whatever you think. Rose Paul. If you could go anywhere right now, where would you go? If your kids were sorted and it was just you, where would you go? Thailand, I think. Thailand. Thailand. Oh, a bit of that. Where's Thailand? <laughs> Where's Thailand? Thailand. I was like, what's Thailand? Beer or wine? Mm. Mm. I don't hardly drink anymore. It's weird. Oh, that's why you're so clear. Look at you. Where in LA, you can't drink. You're, you're constantly driving, so you, you don't even think about drinking. Do you not get buses? I get laughed at for getting buses. I love a bus. I love a bus. Exactly, driver. Exactly. <laughs> Massage or hot tub? Oh, a massage. Who are your acting heroes? Uh, oh my gosh. That's really quite a hard question, isn't it? <laughs> Oliver? <laughs> I'm too floaty floaty. I thought I, if I'm watching something, I'll think someone's brilliant and that will be my person that I love in the moment. I do love Aubrey Plaza. I just love, I think she's hilarious right now. And I love the actress in Succession who played the uh, daughter. Did you see Succession? I watched it on the plane back from Copenhagen. I watched six episodes. Yeah. Did you? Well, what yeah. else is there to do back to LA? That's great What you know, great watching. Is that, so what's your latest binge? Latest binge of watching something called The Country. This Country. 
this country, we're doing both. We're doing the English and we're doing the American, kind of back to back to see how different they are. Okay. I really like hers as well. But we watch a lot of British TV, love it. Obviously the fans, they just love it. And how does that feel that there's so many people that are still enjoying Die Warrell and The Bill after how long? I I didn't realise until that moment on the East Croydon station that the show was being still played on TV. I love that it's still being watched. I think it's amazing that there's fans that are still, still into the stories and still into the characters and even this whole thing, you know, there's there's people that are going to listen to this and it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of this legacy. It really is. Have you got any dream projects? Dream projects. I don't like watching anything scary or horror vibes. Oh, I know, doggy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like watching anything scary or gory or too much violence, so... I'd love to be in something that was like a half an hour comedy. I love um, Friday Night Dinner. I love ghosts. I love this country. They just make me smile. And I think that's just, we need more of that in the world, don't we? Absolutely. Obviously the fans are going to love this. They also will be watching you in Are We Lost? Are We Lost? It's an indie film. I would love for more people to see it. It's got three laurels. You know, there's, you know, when you yeah. watch a film, it's got, the, it's got three of those. It's a beautiful film. I hope people get to see it. I really hope that someone will buy it, you know, like Netflix or Hulu, one of those. That would be amazing that then people would see it. But at the moment, it's doing the kind of indie circuit. So who knows? It might not <laughs> get out there. There's so many films. You fact, you enter into them, and then a film festival actually wants to show your film. That's the accolade. There's been three film festivals, the premiere in Seattle. It's a gorgeous film. It's I'm, I'm playing the lead in it, but the other leads are the kids in it. And the kids are so natural and they just take it in their stride. They've got such a wonderful way of acting, which is very interesting to watch because it's, it's without any um, guard up. From what I gather from the trailer, it's a, a very big arc for you emotionally something happens and obviously you're in a really bad state at the end of the trailer if anyone can see the trailer my parents are getting a divorce mine are too are you okay have you ever heard that there might be a parallel universe what are you working on homework there's infinite versions of us there's a gap in your work history or there could be a different universe where we're living a different life. Oscar! Oh Did you miss me? Yeah. Did you miss me? No. It feels a whole better. I just think we should... I know what you think, Oscar. Just let me be the parent here. And there would be, like, another me, another you. Maybe another Luna. How much longer? Almost there. Are we lost? He was like, that's Jane! What's happened to her? <laughs> So the writing is, is pretty powerful. You know I have a script. It's the first time I've ever worked without a script. It was all improv and scene by scene. So there was never, the first time I watched the film was the first time that I saw the whole of the story, which was an incredible and scary way of working. 
because you know when we're in the bill, you could you get your script and then you kind of work out the, the ebb and flow of, of the scenes. You would work out the ebb and flow of where you're going to be. This was a really interesting way of working, Whoa. not knowing where it was But going. the moments, your moments must would be so true because you're so in that moment, not knowing you know where that's going. I mean, interesting, where did they take the next scene from where you ended that improv? Or they must have had a skeleton as to where the story was going. That must have been such an experience. It was. It was a really freeing experience. It was wonderful. And it was a different way of working. And it was really enjoyable. And we did it over a long time. We did it over 2020 and 2021. You know, as we know, there was, there was nothing going on. So it was a way of being creative and just keeping filming. And no one was on the streets. Well, it was so quiet, wasn't it? It was like, the, I don't know what it was like in England, but if there was, you know, there was not much traffic. I don't think we same restrictions in terms of movement as you did in in England. Incredible to be able to be creative in that in that time, and come out with a feature film, and really the best of luck with that. That's oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, thank you. Oh, Janie, <laughs> I'm grinning. I feel like I've just been grinning the whole time with you. How are your cheeks, love? <laughs> when I left the bill. I was sad about it and it was something that I didn't necessarily keep returning to. Yeah, it's a lo- it was a lovely thing to do. So I really thank Aww. you. Can you remember when you arrested someone? You do not have to. Can you do it now? No. Like I wasn't like George Rossi. You had to do it on their first day or something. You I know, like- the first episode I, I listened back was, and the first person I heard was George's voice. Oh. His lovely voice. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, so I'm arresting you, Jane Wall, for being absolutely gorgeous today. No, <laughs> I had it. I was like, I'm going to do that. It'd be a really good gag. <laughs> I'm impressed, Matt. Well done, everyone. Lovely right. Thank you. Bye. Our huge thanks to Jane for being such a wonderful guest. Since we recorded that interview, I went over to LA and saw Jane in person, which was really, really special. Our huge thanks also to all of you who have supported The Bill Podcast this year, from our special guests to our Patreon supporters and our sponsors, George Fairbrother, Michael Seeley and Tony Jury. If you'd like to enjoy more content, there's over 100 hours of goodies on patreon.com forward slash The Bill Podcast. The Bill Podcast will celebrate its seventh birthday in 2024, where I'll be bringing you brand new trilogies with Pal Aaron, who played DC Brandon Kane, and a rare interview with The Bill's executive producer, Paul Marquez. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, may I wish you all a happy and healthy new year. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Bill Podcast, presented by me, Natalie Rolls. Brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com, shop.saturdaymorningpress.co.uk and City Fiction. 
www.thebillpodcast.co.uk. The Bill Podcast is produced by Oliver Crocker, co-produced by Ben Adams, Glenn Allen, Rob Cook, Georgina Dark, Sarah Kuyper, Calvin Millward, Maz Mirabliss, Alex Mockler, and Simon Wolfe. Executive produced by Isabel Allen, Ben Ashmore, Alana Dewar, Andrew Dyack, Paul Dunn, Tony Drury, Dan Evans, Laura Ewing, George Fairbrother, Luke Hegarty, Alan Hunting, Edward Kellett, James Ladane, Lucy McNeil, Gary Moncur, Danny Morris, Steph Morris, Claire Norbury, Laura Pinifay, Michael Seeley, Tom Sherrington, Angel Stannard, Paul Statter, Patrick Stratford, Tom Wentworth, Michael Weil, and Sarah Went. The theme music is composed by Matthew Annis. You can unlock over 100 hours of bonus The Bill podcast content as a patron, including cast and crew commentaries, reunions, reactions, billgrimages, <laughs> off-the-beat podcasts, and much more. Support us from 2 49 a month at patreon.com forward slash the bill podcast. <laughs> <laughs>